Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from around the world, which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello, Super Great Kids, and how are you? Here in London, it's party time because, as I mentioned recently, we're celebrating the fact that the Queen has been ruling for 70 years. So lots of people are having parties in their streets, parties in their gardens, parties in their schools. And they're doing strange things like eating food, which is red, white and blue, which are all the colours on the British flag. I don't know about you, but eating blue cake just makes me feel a bit silly. But we've never had a queen or a king who's been on the throne for so long. So I think I should just eat the blue buns and get on with the party. Our story this week is about a king. It's about a very good king who was given a gift. Have you ever been given a gift which gave you a warm feeling in your heart like honey? Why don't you have a think about a really special gift which you'd like to give someone which will make them very happy? It doesn't have to be a thing you buy in the shops. It could be a song or a cheery card. Have a think about what special gift you'd give to someone in your family while we have a quick word with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. Did you decide what you might give someone as a special gift? Was it a story or a card or, or was it even blue buns with red and white sparkles on them? This story is dedicated to Saver, who is six, and Nala, who is four, who are touring the United States with their family in a camper van and drawing super great pictures as they listen to our stories. And now... Here is talented storyteller Nick Hennessy with a royal story for you, which he heard from Scottish storyteller Duncan Williamson. Are you sitting comfortably? Am I sitting comfortably? Then let the story begin. Once upon a time there was a king. A wise king. A fine king. A kind king. Much loved by all of his people and all that served him. But one day the king fell gravely ill. He took to his bed. As each day passed, he grew more pale. Doctors came, but they shook their heads. They scratched their chins. If the king will not heal, then the king will die. A young boy came running through the kingdom one day, dressed in rags and bare feet, and under his arm was tucked a box, a wooden box. And he ran all the way until he came to the gates of the palace, and he knocked. Tum-tum-tum. A guard opened the door and saw the boy and said, What do you want? The boy said, Please, I have a present for the king. For the king? said the guard. Then give it to me and I will see that he receives it. So the boy gave the box to the guard, 
and ran off. The gates were shut and the guard took the wooden box across the courtyard up the stairs until he came to the king's private rooms and knocked. Tum, tum, tum. A thin voice called him in. He opened the door and there lay the king, pale in his bed. Your Highness, a boy brought a gift to give to you. A wooden box, it seems, the king said. Put it on my table beside the bed and leave. So the guard put the box on the table by the bed, then bowed and left. The king looked at the box, and he couldn't help wondering what was inside. He picked up the box. It was heavy. He lifted the lid and gasped, because inside that little wooden box was a bowl. A golden bowl. The king reached into the box and took out the bowl in his hand, and he held it. He cupped the bowl between both hands. The bowl was beautiful, so perfect. And as he held it in his hands, he began to feel a, a warm feeling in his heart like honey. Warm and rich, he felt strength returning to his limbs. This bowl, he said, is making me feel better. And as he turned the bowl, he saw at the bottom, etched into the gold, there were words. He read, Give this bowl to the one you love most. What a beautiful gift. What a gift to be given, thought the king. Whoever this boy was, well, he loved me deeply. Well, what shall I do with this bowl, he thought. I could put it on the mantelpiece there. It would, it would look so fine. I could put it in the window. It would catch the light. I could give it to my dog. Surely my dog is the one that I love most of all. But no, I will give it to my wife, of course, the queen for she is the one that I love most. And so for the first time in many weeks, the king got up out of bed, put on his dressing gown and his slippers, he put the bowl back in the box, closed the lid, tucked it under his arm, and went off down the corridor to the queen's private chambers and knocked. Tum, tum, tum. The queen opened the door. She was delighted to see her husband standing there, my love, you you are well, you are healthy, you, you have colour in your cheeks, you have a sparkle in your eyes. Indeed, he said, I have been healed, and I have a gift for you. For me, she said, indeed. And he gave her the box. And she took the box. She, she said, what's inside? But he didn't answer. He just turned and walked off down the corridor, whistling away to himself. She held the box, looked at it. She lifted the lid and saw the bowl and gasped. She reached in, took it out in both hands and held it, cupped the bowl in the palms of her hands and felt that warm feeling, that, that warm feeling like honey in her heart. What a beautiful gift to be given, she thought. And as she held it up, she too saw the words, Give this bowl to the one you love most. What a beautiful thing to be given, she thought. 
Well, where shall I put it? What shall I do with it? I could put it in the windowsill. It would catch the light. I could put it on the mantelpiece where all could see it. Or, or I should give it to the one that I love most. And of course, she knew who that would be. She would give it to her daughter, the princess. So she went out the door and down the corridor until she came to the princess's rooms and knocked. Tum, tum, tum. The princess opened the door. Mother, she said. My daughter, I have come because I have a gift for you. For me, she said. Indeed, and gave her the box. The princess took the box and said, what's inside? Why don't you have a look? And with that, the princess turned, went into her room, and when she looked again, the queen was gone. So she shut the door, and she opened the lid of the box, and she saw the golden bowl, and she gasped, and she reached in and took the bowl in her hands and felt that warm feeling in her heart like honey. And then she saw the words, Give this bowl to the one you love most. And she knew then the gift that her mother had given. And she smiled to herself. Well, what shall I do with this, she thought. Where shall I put it in my room? I could, and then just then, she heard outside, down in the courtyard, there was shouting. She looked through the narrow pane of glass down to the courtyard, and there she saw the sergeant of the guards. And the way the sunlight shone on him, the way his buckles and his buttons all gleamed in the golden light, she thought, I'm going to give it to the sergeant of the guards, and he'll never know it's from me. So she put the bowl back in the box, closed the lid. She put on a cloak with a deep hood to hide her face. And then down the corridor, down the stairs, across the courtyards, until she came to the barracks, and she knocked on the door. Tum, tum, tum. The sergeant of the guards opened the door and saw a stranger there in a hooded cloak. Who are you? What do you want? Please, she said, I have a gift for you. For me? Indeed. The princess gave the box to the sergeant. The sergeant took it, and then she was off through the shadows before he could find out who she was. He went back inside and he put the box down on the table. He wondered, what's in it? Carefully, he lifted the lid, and he saw the bowl and gasped. He cupped the bowl in his hands, and as he did, he felt that warm feeling in his heart like honey. What a beautiful bowl, he said. I've never seen anything so beautiful as this, not a blemish, not a scratch, not a mark upon it. And as he turned it and turned it, he saw the words, Give this bowl to the one you love most and a tear welled up in his eye then. Because not since before his wife had died had he been given such a gift of love. Who was it, he thought, who gave me this bowl? And what shall I do with it? I should give this bowl to the one I love most. Well, he knew who that was, his son. So he put the bowl back in the box, he closed the lid, and he went into the other room where his son was playing with toys on the ground. He said, my son, yes, father, I have a present for you. A present for me, yes. He gave the boy the box. The boy lifted the lid and saw the bowl. <sighs> father. The boy reached in and took out the golden bowl and cupped it in his hands. In his little hands he held that great golden bowl. Father, it's beautiful. It's gold. It's pure gold. Yes, my gift to you, my son, is purest gold. But, Father, there, there are words on this. 
Can you read them? I can. It says, give this bowl to the one you love most. Is that for me, Father? It is. What will you do with it? Well, I, I could put my toys in it, but it's not really big enough. Or, or I, could, I could give it to the one that I love most. Well, who would that be? Said his father. I know, said the boy. And without another word, the boy put the bowl back in the box, picked it up, said goodbye to his father, ran out of the barracks across the courtyard until he came to the kitchens. And there, working on the floor, on her hands and knees, was a servant girl. Every time the boy saw her, she smiled at him and it would bring his cheeks out as red as apples. He walked in and she saw him. Hello, she said. Uh, uh, hi, he said. I've got a... A present for you. A present for me? Yes, he said, and gave her the box. She said, well, what's inside? But, but he couldn't speak. He was too shy. And off the boy ran. The servant girl put down her scrubbing brush, dried her hands on her apron, tied back her hair and looked at the box. What a beautiful box, she thought. I wonder what's inside. She lifted the lid, she saw the bowl, and she gasped. She reached in and took it out and cupped it in her hands and she felt that warm feeling in her heart like honey. Not a blemish, not a scratch, not a mark upon it. What a beautiful bowl, she thought. And then she saw the words, give this bowl to the one you love most. And she smiled. But what shall I do with it, she thought. Well, I suppose I could sell it. I'd never have to scrub another kitchen floor again, but... That doesn't seem right somehow. It doesn't seem right for me to keep it either. I should give it as it was given to me. Well, who should I give it to? She thought. She had no parents, no brother or sister. And then she knew who she would give it to. She would give it to the person she loved the most, who showed her the most kindness. She would give it to the king. So she put the bowl back in the box, closed the lid, up the stairs along the corridor till she came to the king's private chambers and knocked. Tum, tum, tum. There was no answer. She pushed the door open a little and saw the king was not there, so she took the box and she lay it on the table beside his bed and left. When the king returned to his room, he, he was surprised to see the box had returned. He lifted the lid. There was the bowl. He held it in his hands, cupped it in his palms, and felt that warm feeling in his heart like honey. And he couldn't help thinking, who had held this bowl? How many hands had cupped it just like he had, and felt that warmth in his heart? Well, now it's been given back to me. What shall I do with it now? Who shall I give it to, he thought. Well, I don't know who he gave it to. But I do know he gave it to somebody. And that somebody passed it to somebody else, who passed it to somebody else, who passed it to somebody else, who passed it to somebody else, and eventually that bowl was passed to me. And now I've passed it to you. Who will you give it to? Ooh, I liked that story. 
wonder who the little boy was who gave the king the bowl at the very start of the story. And do you think it was the bowl itself which made the king feel better? Or was it the kind act, that warm feeling in his heart which fixed him? Thanks to Nick Hennessy for that story. And now, it's time for me to dig deep into my bag of happies and say some thank yous. First of all, thank you to all our subscribers. To us, you are a bit like that golden bowl in the story, giving us a warm feeling in our hearts like honey. Thank you so much for helping us to keep making this podcast and to pay our talented storytellers. A big thanks to new subscribers, Asher, who is five from Kansas City, Missouri, and to his mum, Megan. Let us know if you're a subscriber and if you'd like a mention. And thanks for some really lovely reviews to Innes and Anya in Australia and to Dog and Megan Malia and Golden Stars all in the United States. It's always a treat to read your reviews. Thanks to all of you who took time to review us this week. If you'd like to give a one-off donation of any amount on Ko-fi or to subscribe to our podcast on Patreon and get bonus stories, early access and advert-free, then go to our website on supergreatkidstories.com or to subscribe on Apple, go to Apple Podcasts. Now. You've all been drawing and sending wonderful pictures of our stories for us to share with you on Facebook. So, here's some thank yous to super great kids who've been sending in pictures. Thanks to six-year-old Helen from New Zealand for an imaginative and colourful picture of why the sky is far away. Thank you, Helen. You really brought that story to life. And thanks to Freddie, who is six, from Midhurst in Sussex in the UK. A marvellous picture of Baba Yaga and her hut on chicken legs. I like the long ladder to get into her hut and the little cat on the roof. Thank you, Freddie. And thanks to seven-year-old Agastya from India, who sent us an inspired and detailed picture of tortoise and sons. I particularly like the way you've labelled each son with their correct name and you've included the moon and Daddy Tortoise, who is stuck in the river. Thank you for sharing that, Agastya. And thanks to Gemma Moon, who is seven from Eagle Point in Oregon, who's drawn a stylish picture of the magic orange tree story from Haiti. I like the bright oranges against the lime-coloured leaves and the way the orange tree girl is looking at the tree almost as if it's her friend. Just lovely. Thank you for sharing it. And thanks to Ivy, who is six, who's drawn a fun picture of a Nancy and the party, a story from West Africa. Ivy, I love the way you've drawn a Nancy slap bang in the middle of the picture and the party. And I like his cheeky smile. I wonder if you'd invite a Nancy to your birthday party. And thanks to five-year-old Tilda from Colorado Springs, who's drawn a clever, happy picture of Fox at a party. I love your fox, Tilda. He's got such a cheeky grin and a natty little beard too. And I like the way he's hiding under the table, probably plotting how he's going to get that cake. Well done and thanks for sharing it. And Esther, who is seven from Jacksonville in Florida, has sent a lovely picture of the giant and Finn McCool and his wife from the Irish tale Finn McCool. 
Esther, you are so good at drawing. I love your giant with his huge hands and green teeth and flaming red hair. Thank you. If you like giant stories, we've got quite a few. We've got How the Mosquitoes Became and Ode on the Giant and A Man Amongst Men. And thanks to Isabella, who is four, and Charlie, who is six, from King Creek in Australia, who've sent wonderful pictures. Charlie, what a great setting for your Kibungu story from Brazil. I like all the details, like the sun peeping out from behind the tree and the different types of trees in the forest and the little pool. Really good. Well done for starting to write your very own beast story. And Isabella, thanks for your beautiful picture of the Russian story Marusha and Father Frost. I love the colours you've used and the huge snowflakes falling out of the sky. It's a moving story, isn't it? And Eleanor, who is five, has sent a marvellous picture of the three little pigs. I particularly love the swirling breath coming out of the wolf's mouth as he huffs and he puffs. And the way you've coloured the windows in a warm orange. I also like the fact that the wolf is so big. That must have just been the way he appeared to the three little pigs. Thanks for sharing it, Eleanor. Matteo, who is seven, has sent a great picture of Coyote and the Big Tree. Matteo and his sister Sabina, who is four, are big fans of trickster tales. I wonder if you'd go into that hole in the tree, Matteo, if it opened up for you. Thank you for sharing your picture. And thanks to four-year-old June from Albany in California, who sent a beautiful picture of a unicorn, which she's coloured in very precisely while she was listening to some super great kids' stories. Excellent colouring, Albany. Thank you. And thanks to five-year-old Lily Margaret from Texas for your wonderful drawing of Malice teaching Buki how to dance the Kokioko, the story from Haiti. I really like the clever way you've made Buki look slightly clumsy and nearly as tall as his house, whereas Malice, the trickster, is small and cunning. It's such a fun story and you've captured it really well. Thank you. And Elowen, who is seven, drew the West African story, The Blind Man and the Hunter, and the Jamaican story, Nora and the Aki Fruit, while on holiday. I'm really impressed, Elowen, that you managed to draw such detailed pictures while flying on a plane where there's not very much space to draw. I wonder if you can tell the opening to one of these stories. And Cora from Sebastopol in California has drawn a brilliant picture of Nora and the Aki Fruit. I love the way Nora is sitting cross-legged and looking super stubborn and grumpy. I don't know about you, but I feel a bit sorry for Nora. It's a great story, isn't it, Cora? Thank you for sharing your picture. And Leo, who is five and living in Sydney, has drawn Stick Woman and the Wolf. This is great, Leo. I particularly like the wolf's red eye and his mouth, which is all teeth. And your tree in the woods, which has lots of wavy branches. It's super great. Thank you for sharing it. That's it for this week. More shout-outs next week. If you're a subscriber and would like a shout-out, do let us know. If you'd like to see these pictures, they're all on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash supergreatkidsstories. And if you'd like to send us a picture, the easiest way is to send it to me via Facebook Messenger 
or go to our website, supergreatkidsstories.com and scroll to the bottom where you'll see a place to attach a picture. We love hearing from you. Whatever you do, just keep telling your stories and singing your songs. See you soon. This podcast was produced at Wardour Studios in London. <laughs>